Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Young Family Small Business. In this episode, I'm interviewing Dr. David Dugan, who's a world-renowned business coach, co-author of Bulletproof Business, a high-performance mentor, and a keynote speaker with over 16 years of experience. He served in the Navy as a commander and was awarded the Humanitarian Overseas Medal for his work during the 2004 tsunami, uh, and his innate desire to serve led him to be the founder of Abundance Global, which supports small and medium businesses and entrepreneurs from around the world. He's personally guided over a thousand business owners to make more money, have more meaning, and create a better lifestyle for their families and themselves. And Abundance Global currently has over 150 members worldwide who have enjoyed an average year-on-year net profit increase of 253% for the last six years in a row by implementing the strategies shared by David and the team. Now, I've known David since 2014 um, and worked with him for quite a number of years. And just some sort of things we, we spoke about was the, the difference between balance and harmony with your business and, and your family life, um, turning your time into team uh, and chaos into clarity. Uh, a few sort of takeaways for me uh, was, uh, you know, having a yes day for the kids. I thought that was quite cool. And also one meeting a month with your spouse, uh, almost like a shareholders meeting. I thought that was quite cool in terms of communicating uh, with, with your spouse about the, how the business is going. So yeah, I really love the interview and yeah, but got a fair bit of time for, for David and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hey, David. So good to have you here on the podcast, mate. Thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, g'day, Ben. Great to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Well, um, we might kick off with the, uh, the question around your family. Hey, so could you tell us a bit about who's in your family? Yeah, totally. Well, there's uh, myself and my wife, Kitty. And then we've got uh, three children. We've got a eleven-year-old, uh, a nine-year-old, and a five-year-old. So we started our journey with kids a little later than a lot of people, but uh, it keeps me young, it keeps me youthful, and uh, I'm excited by that. Yeah, fantastic. And, and what do you do to what, when you're hanging out? What do you like to do together? Uh, we do a lot of physical activity. So mountain biking is a big part of it. We do Saturday morning swimming. So everyone in the family gets up and we go swimming training. Uh, as a big part of that, we just finished doing a triathlon, uh, which was which was awesome fun, and you know then the usual going to the beach with the kids, jumping in the waves, playing around that sort of stuff. Uh, that's probably physical stuff. We actually play a lot of board games, so we don't we don't have a TV at home, and uh, so we 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 play a lot of board games, and we also read a fair bit. So the the kids don't have any iPads, they don't even that sort of stuff, so they just got to make stuff up, and we're usually making things up or or telling stories or reading a book or playing a board game usually. Yeah, fantastic. And 
And just on the iPad thing, I've been interested to um, to know a bit more about that because I've seen schools go from, you know, when I was at school um, and I'm, you know, uh, I think I went to school in the 90s. I um, we, we had textbooks and we wrote stuff down and there was a whiteboard and a blackboard. And then by the end of it, we started to get, you know, projectors and, and you know, slide decks for teachers and things like that. But now I see it's mostly iPads. So tell me about that. Like you've, you've got no iPads or... Oh, we, we have iPads, but the kids don't, that's for sure. Ah, uh, and they yeah. don't have any devices or an outsourced sort of stuff. And their school they go to also brings that sort of stuff in an age that is a little bit later than a lot of, a lot of uh, schools. Uh, and yeah. we're very good with that. Here's the truth. I mean, I, I actively have our kids not use technology, and yet they, they, get, they find me when the phone's un, unlocked, and they'll change things on there, they'll do it, and they, I just saw the other weekend they've changed the new wallpaper. I'm going, I don't even know how to change the wallpaper. So the thing is, technology is made so simple. They know how to work this sucker out. This, this mm-hmm. what I see right now. And let's just say, you know, uh, from a business sense, you're, you're an accountant, you work with small business owners, you work with people who've got families. Uh, we coach small to medium-sized business owners. And mm-hmm. what, we, what we know is that, the technology is, is, is happening so quickly. It's happening so fast. There's lots of things happening. To learn a piece of technology is, is almost a redundant activity. What we need to do is go to the lead domino up and upstream and look at what is the real skill that we need to learn. We need to le- learn the skill of uh, personal development. We need to learn the skill of growth. We need to learn leadership skills. We need to learn how to learn. We need to learn how to be creative because the machines are going to do half all the things. So yeah, we yeah. feel like then a better investment in that, and I, you know, as you know, I've got five tertiary qualifications and I studied to become a dentist. So it trained me down a line to go down that pathway. But that's probably not going to happen for most people. And they're going to have several careers or several professions. So how do we go upstream and build people skills, communication skills, uh, sales skills, you know, in other words, how to tell a story? How do, we, how do we build the ability to take ideas and put them onto paper or another, another device that, that you know, we can create things? So that's probably where we spend a fair bit of time on. And it's not like it's a massive effort. It's just they don't have any devices played, so they have to. They have to do stuff like that. And uh, for me, I, I, um, you know, what started this really was well over, I think, maybe 30 years ago, I had a mentor that said to me uh, that the most expensive equipment, the most expensive item in your house is your TV. And I went, no way. It was like many years ago. It cost me a 1000 bucks. And she said to me that, the cost of your time doing that is going to be way more expensive than the, than the cost of you buying that piece of that piece of furniture. So I literally on that day put, plugged it, out, pulled the plug out, put it into the wardrobe, and I haven't had one ever since. That's thirty years ago, and yeah, I don't I don't know how people fit in TV now. I know that's very controversial. It's probably people go, "Oh my god, I'm going to switch off now. What's going mm. on here?" But it works for us, and I, I and I suppose you know, there's a lot of change going around and what can we keep consistent mm. as we go forward? And, and these are some of the things that help us to be really consistent and on point with our family and keeping tight while, um, you know, the world has been in a very interesting, tumultuous place over the last few years. Yeah, hasn't it? Jeez. There you go. And, um, and you know, you, you run a high-performance business. Um, you know, you seem like you don't have, um, you've got, con- like, You've got stuff to do. You're not a, um, someone who you know, feels like they're sitting around waiting for the next uh, thing to happen or the phone to ring. And you've got the family at home. How do you sort of make time with Kitty and, and build your relationship with her? Because um, that's like there's so many demands on, on you. Yeah, there is. And I, um, what I'll say is that I, it, it is not an end goal. It is something mm. that is a work in progress. 
And it's yeah. always a work in progress. And you're not, I've come to peace with going, as long as I'm doing it better than the week I did before, then I'm in, I'm moving in the right trajectory. And that's okay. It's okay. And I, I suppose it really comes back, Ben, to, to this point that, that we have is about this word being intentional. Is I'm intentional as a father. And for each of the children, I'm intentional around what I want for them. I'm intentional around the relationship I want with my wife. I'm also very intentional in the business. And as, as you know, that for us is what do I want the business to give me? It needs to give me three things. Mm-hmm. It needs to give wealth, money, it needs to give time, and it needs to be a vehicle for me to make a bigger impact, impact to myself, impact to the economic community, people I work with, and also to the wider community. And when you have those three things together, that's what we call business owner joy. <laughs> and so I'm intentional around what does that look like and what do I want it to look like? So when it comes to with, uh, with Kitty, we, uh, we, together we work out what the intentionality of what does the business need to produce in these three areas. Mm-hmm. And she's not actively involved in the, the business. And I think this is probably the, if I had to give a little hot tip, uh, this is this is my hot tip, and here's here's a question I'd probably put to the listeners as they jump on here. Uh, ben mm. is, I used to think, I used to think that I'm letting my wife down and my kids down when I focus on the business, mm. and then I take a long weekend or I take an afternoon off, and then I felt like I was letting down the business, and I always had this sense of guilt that I could never please everyone. And I, was, I felt like I was just juggling one plate to the next plate, next plate, and never felt really fulfilled. And mm. I think a part of the reason for that is I used to hear that you've you got to be balanced and you've got to have balance and all this sort of stuff. And, and what I realized is that that's great to sell books. It's great to have podcasts or different things where people talk about these sorts of, those sorts of things. But I just found mm. that that didn't work for us. I actually found that balance is a bit of a furphy. It's a, it's a little bit of a myth. And if I can go through, and there's, there's three big myths that I see that people have uh, when they're in business and in families, and this is one of them. It's not about balance. What I, think, what I believe is what worked for us is it's not balance, it's harmony. And there's a very big difference between the two. Balance means, even the word, means it needs to be some sort of equal. And if, you, if it's a bit off equal, then what happens is you're letting, you're letting one or the other party down. In business, as you know, there are cycles within business and we run off a four-month cycle. There's like a ramp-up phase and then there's a chill phase. And, and rhythm is such an important part of business. And when people are out of whack in their, their life or their business, they're usually out of rhythm. So there's a ramp-up phase. Well, there's a time and every business has a high degree of intensity. They're employing new people. They're doing big marketing campaigns. They've got a big project on. And what we've done is I've made it okay for me and also my family have made it okay with me being intentional that there are times where I'm going to be working my butt off. And especially when we run events, I've got to work on a weekend. And they're okay with that. Because yeah. what we do then is it's generally uh, the very next weekend, uh, it's then complete family time that we'll do or a long weekend. And we usually have what's called uh, a yes day where my three little kids do an agenda and whatever's on their agenda with safety in mind, they have yeah. from the early in the morning, they have a yes day is they just write down a list and they've got to create it together, the three of them, and they write a list of all the different things that uh, they want to happen on that day. And then I basically, I just get out there early in the morning and I'm flogged at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's this harmony of going, yes, there's a time that I've got to go deep in the business, but then what it is, is totally fine that I'm going to go and I'm going to work, and work with a family. 
Mm-hmm. That's particularly from a kid's perspective, and the kids also know the goals that we're we're shooting for. From let's say with my uh, with, with Kitty, my partner, with yeah. her, she has a very big uh, uh, effect on me, obviously, and also she gets a lot of effect, a, a lot of benefit from the business. So mm-hmm. we have we're really clear on what hat we're wearing when we're talking about different things. One is, are we talking as lovers and as partners? We're wearing that hat as a partner. Uh, If we're talking about the business, and we'll do that once a month, so this is a good tip around how do we go from this having to juggle everything, keep them all balanced, spitting all the plates to make sure they go, to actually going, you know, it's harmony, is that once a month we sit down for an hour and we go through the business and where the business is at. And uh, that is, she's not there as my partner uh, from a, a lover perspective or intimate partner. She's there as my as a co-shareholder, as an equity owner in the business, and mm-hmm. and uh, we we have we wear that hat. So when she knows what's going on in the business, she only needs that hour a month. She gets on with all the rest of the things she needs to. She's kept updated. She gives me some feedback. I go in there and help uh, the rest of the executive leadership team to then guide them on the next step there. So you're keeping keeping that harmony in place and mm-hmm. knowing that there's times to go in and out, giving the kids some time, giving Kitty some time, and just knowing. That there are hats that that we wear, um, and actually with with this time with the kids, but also do have dedicated time at least once a month with Kitty, where we'll go have a long weekend, or we'll have we'll do something that's sort of a little bit unique and a little bit uh, a little bit special. So we'll add that in as well. So I think um, the question I'd ask is is do you does anyone if you're listening to this do you feel any guilt around or any a feeling of letting someone down, either your family or your business. And if it is, then you're probably thinking balance versus harmony. Mm. What are your thoughts on that, Ben? No, it definitely stood out to me. Hey, um, you know, especially sort of uh, after hours or, or, you know, missing those dinners with the kids or the weekends, it's like, oh, bugger, you know, I didn't, didn't really intend on that. But, you know, I I think, um, yeah, it's sort of changing our mindset from, hey, well, you know, the, the week or two we can have off in the middle of, you know, June and get into Tasmania or whatever that is, whatever that looks like, you know, you, you may not be able to do that if you don't put the occasional, you know, Saturday in or, you know, or work a couple of long hours, a few days in a row, whatever it is. But um, yeah, as long as that, that's, um, that there's some give and take there. And yeah. yeah. So even on, that, even on the language and that, it's, uh, yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. It's, not, it's not give or take yeah. because even on, even on that there sets up a, I'm taking some of you, but it's actually, it, it's flow. So just knowing yeah. there's a time to, when the water needs to go left and then there's a time that the water comes right as, it, as it's sort of going down the creek. Because give and take, has, has, it can, if you go upstream, can be the sense of right and wrong. It's actually not right or wrong. It's just harmony and looking at nature and going, okay, there's a time to do this and there's a, there's a time to, uh, to doing that. And I think this is a difference, and this is where I've screwed up, is I worked my butt off in the first years. I worked hard. Mm. But I didn't work too smart, and I remember getting to the end of uh, the first three years and going, "I'm never doing this again. Like I cannot run another year like this." Yeah. You know, I'm putting on some weight. I'm not doing my exercise. Uh, I feel like I just fell across the line at the end of the year, and it's like, ah, it's like, yeah, I need to go and have fun, and that's like, but right now I just need to sleep for the next two weeks. Um, <laughs> and but there is a, there is a way out of that. There is absolutely a pathway out. And as we go forward to now um, today. In this call, I'm sure we'll uncover a few more, and there's at least another couple big milestones. I think the first one is just understanding go go from balance to harmony, and it'll mm-hmm. set you free a lot more. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's critical for business owners dealing with that that pull between business and, and family. That's um, yeah, wow, cool. Um, and could you give us some uh, some background on you from a career perspective? Like I, I've I've known you for I actually think I met you in 2014, maybe at one of yeah Hamilton yeah. Back in the day. yeah. But um, so I I know I know a fair bit about your journey, but I'd love you to share that with the, the listeners. And um, yeah, just give us some context into um, yeah how you came to do what you're doing now. Well, uh, it's, it seems like a bit of an unusual journey, but like since I was five years old, all I ever wanted to do was to be a dentist. Uh, don't ask me why, it just got in my head. And then when I was like 15, I decided I'd go, do I really want to do this? And I went through it and studied it, looked through it and went, actually, I do. And so I went and graduated from uh, you know, went to high school, went to uni, uh, university and did dentistry, absolutely loved it. Mm. It was definitely what I needed to do. And it was fantastic. And I got a scholarship with uh, the military and the, the Navy. And so I went into the military. I uh, loved that as well. So it was like bringing, bringing two amazing careers and bringing them together. And I served 18 years in the military. I worked a little bit in private practice as well. Uh, and while in the military, I also racked up uh, another four. So in total, five tertiary qualifications. And, and my thinking was, I'd go and do these qualifications because that could teach me around how to create wealth, how to have a better life and how to do these things. And I realized, Ben, mm. that the people were teaching, were teaching it for a reason. And then there were people out there going and doing it. And the people who were doing it weren't, weren't the people who were teaching it. And so over the course of, well, really 20, 30, 30 years now, I've invested really well over a couple of million dollars in my own personal development course to learn from, you know, the greats. And, you know, I've you know, become friends with Richard Branson as just one we take our members across once a year to Africa and have some time with him as well as a lot of other people. But what happened was in that journey, is particularly in the military, I had an incident that occurred uh, in 2005. We were in, uh, in Indonesia. And we're in Indonesia because there's this huge tsunami that hit through those that remember and, and wiped out you know, a few hundred thousand people, which was like that time the biggest mass sort of natural disaster or any disaster would kill you know more more people than anything else so we're on the ground they're helping out and there was an incident that occurred where there, there was a helicopter that uh that crashed and nine people were killed uh and i was meant to be on that helicopter it was only for a sliding doors moment that was my helicopter that was the one that i was meant to be in and a sliding doors moment that i happened to leave uh just a couple of days earlier to go and do a leadership course they just flew me off the ship early and, and I sort of landed on the ground in Australia uh, in the transit time because it was a fairly, it wasn't like just catching an aeroplane. We had to go by ship and daughter, all, you know, everything else that I, that I found out this had occurred. And, and so I realized that there was that, that moment of, well, what do I want to do with my life? I love being a dentist. I love doing what I was doing. I thought, I think there's something more. It was like I could surf this wave right into the shore and it'd be fantastic. And I just thought, but you know what? There are some bigger waves out there, and, and I want to give it a shot. I want to give it a shot at doing something else. So it took me a little while, uh, but I was a, taught leadership and executive coaching in the military, and I love business, had a business since I've been 13. My dad said to me one day, well, you're doing coaching and you're doing business. Why don't you bring those two things together? And so to Abundance Global, uh, which is a specialist a business coaching company, that it was formed well over a decade ago, and here we are. Today, helping you know, having helped over 4,000 uh, 4, entrepreneurs to really scale their business and uh, produce that business owner joy that we talked about. No, fantastic. 
And and so what? So yeah, I guess you kind of answered that that question where um, what what kind of prompted you to start it? That was yeah, a bit of a heavy moment I imagine for you in in life. Um, it was a I say it was surreal. I was like, well, hang on a second, what, what's this mean? And I was like, I knew there was something else. And I went, I, I suppose that the driving force been on that for me was I felt a responsibility that I couldn't just mm. eke it out. I felt that nine people had uh, my mates and these were these were like there was a surgeon they were because we were there on a, me- a medical aid they were like highly qualified people and i figured that they, they haven't got a shot anymore and i mm. loved what i did the only thing with it is you're working with a patient or even you know i had a team of 24 i just felt that was too limited and i wanted to make a bigger impact and help a lot more people so that's what drove us and that's why our company's called abundance global mm-hmm. and uh it's why we do what we do because the decision was like well if you look, you look in the world. Who, who did I think added adds you know the most amount of value out there in the community? And it's small to medium sized business owners. They're the innovators. They're the risk takers. They're the ones that have got it all on the line. There's just no safety net. You know, when I was in the tsunami and I was also deployed in the Middle East, if something happens to you. There's a great big thing called a government that's going to support you. They're going to ring, put in ships. They're going to put in airplanes. They're going to they're going to look after you. You're in mm. business. You don't make payroll. You don't make it a couple of times. You don't, you know, you don't sleep at night. It's like there's no one for you. There's no one to support you. And I was like, you know what? I need to be that safety net or create something that can truly, truly make a difference and really, you know, help help uh, help people. And you know, we've been doing this for over a decade. And for the last seven years in a row, we've been able to help our members increase their profit or EBITDA uh, by 253% year on year, seven years in a row. And so I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what I this is what I'll be doing more." And, and uh, very happy that I made that decision because I love what I do, mm. and um, and it's going to keep on going well beyond me as well. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I've, I've been a little bit of a disclosure to the audience, but I've been a um, a member for um, I think it was probably close to maybe three or four years. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Fun. Help you yeah. scaling your business through the different phases and the different iterations. So <laughs> yeah, as as, as is normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely and um and, and yeah i can attest to the um i don't know what, how to sort of term it maybe sort of structure and um and and the accountability and uh clarity the, sounding board yeah that's it and the, the focus on the numbers as well like um you know even from a personal perspective no one asked for for my numbers each month that until you did or your team did and 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 that was the like oh geez I got to get some rhythm about this. I got to make it a bit more serious, and you know, get the bookkeeper in place, and get the timing right, and all that sort of stuff. But that's you know, it, it's that in in just the numbers perspective. But you you go into the all the different aspects of business, and yeah, and I guess help make that clear and structured and process driven. It's um, yeah, that's no, very cool. It is, and I think um, the thing that comes to mind is I'm thinking of like the small business owners. I, I reckon if mm. I if, if I had to go, what the biggest problem that most people have, Ben. Is you know most people say uh, uh, if they're half decent or half successful what they're doing, what they'll usually say is I just don't have enough time. But we, you know, I wish there was another me. I wish I could clone me, or I wish I could add, have a lot more a lot more time. And and this comes back to that harmony and balance. Oh, how do I do this? I'm working my butt off. I can't make anyone happy, and it can get super frustrating. So the um, the question that I that I that I or the the thought that I have in here is is there is a way to get a, a lot higher degree of leverage. And most people are not getting enough leverage in their business. They're stuck in it. And one of the big parts of leverage is the ability of turning your time into team. I'll say it again, turning your time into team. 
the thing about that is that's probably one of the hardest things to do in business. It's about how to lead, how to lead your team. And you know, you know, you've lots of decisions that you've got. It's like it's the toughest thing, but it's the skill of skills. And one of the things that come to mind when I think about that is uh, most many business owners, small business owners, realize that they've got to bring in team, and that's got to be a part of of what they do. But then what ends up happening is they. Um, here's the question I have: Is do the people do the people you pay make your life easier or harder? Oh dear. <laughs> and here's a good here's a good clue. If one of your team at seven thirty in the morning sends you a text, is it a text that you're just jumping to wait to see what they're doing, or is it a text that you goes? Oh man, what's gonna what's happened now? Who can't come in, or who's crook, or what's going on here? And I think that's a that's a good uh, sign that there's a there's a challenge within the team, and there's a challenge in there. And that's that skill of being able to turn your time into team is one of the most, if not the most important skill. It is it is right up there in the top two of the skills of being able to turn your time into team. It's looking at the organization structure. It's looking at the uh, capacity planning. Uh, those things, however. The, the thing that I go, if there's only one thing in this area that I would focus on, it's rhythm. And the thing that I screwed up, when I left the military, I had a fantastic rhythm. And when I left, I thought that, oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get into commercial land and into entrepreneurial land because entrepreneurial land is so much more efficient than the military. The military wastes so much time doing all these meetings and doing this sort of stuff. It's like, man, I just want to get in there and, and, and make money. And so the first three years... My meeting rhythm and my rhythm on how I led myself, and then you know, starting with the business of one, and then led the team was was ad hoc at best. And there are there are uh, there are cycles and there are rhythms that are really important. There's a yearly rhythm. There's a, what we call a trimester or four month. Most people work on a quarterly from a finance because their finance works like that. But we found a four month rhythm uh, goes into a much more sustainable rhythm that gives you a break. So four monthly. Then you go to monthly, then you go to weekly, and then to daily. And, and there, there ideally should be a rhythm that you can be super duper on point with your team. And then the, the thing is what we see is a lot of business owners are going around and checking on their team and, and then they're mixing up the order. <clears throat> the team needs to check in with the team. You've got to create a system around, around how to do those. And I think once people understand what the rhythm is and how to do it, like literally follow through an agenda and follow through, like, here's the stuff I need to go through. It literally transforms businesses. Within four months, we've tested and measured this. Within four months, the lowest or the worst performer that we work with gets at least half a day uh, a week saved, at least half a day, and most will get a day a week. Uh, saying that's just from like really well-implemented rhythms in the business. Well-implemented rhythms. Rather than having to say something 10 times, you can say it once. Rather <laughs> than you checking on everyone else, What's the outlet you've got for them to have their problem solved? How do you make sure you're supporting them? All those things need to have a really simple rhythm. And once you've got the rhythm, it's really easy. And the cool thing is that's how you scale a business because you can pass the rhythm on. And this is what's important to understand is people, they read a book and they go, that's the way to do it. I need to, you know, I need to write a book and then I need to kind of you know, do this next thing. And then I need to do this next thing. And I go, that may be true, but to yeah. grow a sustainable, profitable business, it needs to be an organism. And an organism expands and it should be able to expand and grow on its own. And, and, and how do you do that? Is you provide and create a rhythm for it to learn and be creating its own learning organization. That means you don't have, as Jim Collins, you know, the author of Good to Great writes, 
a lot of people create businesses that are not sustainable. And what they really are is the guru with a thousand helpers. Hmm. And that is a business that is skating on thin ice and has usually got a key person risk. And only it only takes something small, a health challenge or some drama going on to all of a sudden the business gets whacked and, and they're they're in the they're in the hurt locker. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. No, absolutely. I don't know about a thousand helpers, but maybe five, ten, or twenty in, in small business land. But yes, <laughs> um, and and you know, I look back at the the different stages of of my own business growth, Inspire's growth, and I I can kind of see distinct in terms of like revenue. We've got you know mm-hmm. the, the under four hundred grand, and geez, that's uh, that's a tough tough area to be. And then uh, I think the next stage was kind of four hundred to one point five, um, and then kind of one point five above, and and we've kind of got some limits or well, limits or yeah. ranges which are planning on now but um a, a lot of business owners maybe don't have clarity of what like who do i hire next um because you know that they might be flat out um uh, stressed out um you know might be making okay money or might be making heaps of money um relative to where they thought they'd be but their, their lifestyle's just out of really out of whack so yeah how do you kind of give guidance on who, who to hire next Oh, so that, that's a who to hire next. That, that, that's a multifaceted question. But let me <laughs> let me kind of go back to a couple of things you talked about, and just yeah. and what you what you said is is, is understanding that business has a life cycle, and there's mm-hmm. a very it's a well documented life cycle. Uh, and if you look at humans as an example, it's a very good guide to go off. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Ichakadizis is the original author of this work, uh, and I'll just summarize that. And basically, you mm-hmm. have birth of the business. You have infancy and you have toddler. That's when you change the nappy thing. It needs so much attention. It needs so much work. You've got to feed it. Can't do anything. Yeah, just like it's full on. That's in the early stage. That's the startup mode in, in, uh, in, a, in a business. Now, generally, uh, uh, so I'll give you this, the stages and I'll give you dollars so you can give an understanding around this, mm-hmm. is you go from a toddler, then you go to teenager, then you go to young adult, <laughs> then you go to what's called uh, the zone of maximization or prime. Uh, then you go into midlife crisis, aging, <laughs> aging, oh, institutionalization, and death. So it actually goes through a normal uh, cycle. Now, having said that, you can innovate and you can go around it. There is a way to do that. Well, I won't go through that right now. But I think mm. it's really important just just know that there is a natural life cycle. And for me, that was very freeing to go, oh, that's okay. These are normal problems that I should have right now. You know, in the early stage, it's cash. You do need to drive cash. Most people have lumpy cash. Oh, it's totally cool. Uh, as far as milestones, though, there is a milestone that certainly under, now it depends on the business. For, for let's say, you know, we have a lot of people that are in engineering, in retail, uh, construction, uh, in, in restaurants, where, where they've got a lot of cost of goods sold. Okay. So there's a lot of like heavy, like, you know, physical product businesses that we work with. And so their numbers can be a little bit different depending on the industry they're in. So what I'm going to do there is I'm going to give you an example, a service business, and then I'll translate that to, to a product business, is that when the business is under $30,000 a month, now uh, someone can even that out, when mm-hmm. someone can even that out, uh, depending on the nature of how they do their work, but $30,000 a month is a milestone. Under $30,000 a month, life is just uber tough. It is life mm-hmm. and death every week, every month. You don't have enough money to do the things you need to do. You don't have enough money to employ the people that you want to employ. Hmm. Once you get over $30,000 a month, 
it starts to be okay. It starts to be okay to get into that, that place. And from $30,000 to $60,000 a month, so usually it's around that mark, around 600K to 700K odd, in that window mm-hmm. in there, it can be okay. The individual brilliance of the owner, the founder, is enough to pull to kind of pull it off. And there usually be a team around four to five to six, depending on the type of business. Now, on those numbers, be pardon? Yeah, with, with the owner maybe doing a bit of work, like knowledge work and a few other people delivering as well. Correct. That's- yep, yep, um, uh, for sure. The, uh, what will also happen is the, if you look at this, that stage of the business, it still requires a lot of effort, a lot of energy to get that up and, up and running. But then there comes a glass ceiling that what happens is that individual brilliance starts to kind of go, you know what, you know, I don't know if I can keep on doing this anymore. And what happens is it's a bit of a golden uh, uh, golden cage because what they end up doing at that stage, they end up becoming relatively well-known in, in their industry and they become, inverted commas, successful. And mm. they're thinking, this doesn't feel like success. Now, in a product business, though that number uh, from 30 to, say, 60 grand a month, that would be effective their gross profit. So for depending on what the industry, if they use that guide as a gross profit, that's a really good place for them to work their version of that out. And there's this period of, of, of you know, around, it's certainly, depending on the business, it's over half a million, but it's really around 600 to 700. In that window, that takes you all the way through to the actual real window. It's not a million dollars a year. It's actually about 1.2. So really from 60 to 120, 20K, there's this place that it's a bit of a uh, a dark place because the winning strategy that got people there, individual brilliance, doesn't take them to the next level. They've got to do the opposite. So this is where uh, and and the single most important uh, the single most important thing for a business owner and uh, Jim Collins wrote about this and so he researched all the businesses that are out there, all the successful ones. The single most important thing, the most important number or the thing to track more than anything else is the number of key seats. Or the percentage of key seats filled by the right people. That is the one thing that will determine the success or failure of the business. And this is at 1.2 mil. Uh, it's all the way through. But each of the yeah, stages, yeah. there's different key seats that are required. Uh, okay. Yep. And so as you go through each of the stages uh, mm. and you go, once you hit into the 100, 100, certainly 120K a month in that sort of level, that's when life actually starts to become a bit easier again. you got some cash flow, you leverage your time. And it'll usually take you through between three and a half to four and a half mil. And that can be, the business can be solid. You know, that sort of space there, you can have some decent cash, you can free up your time. But then that what happens is uh, 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 Vern Harnish, I believe, is the original author of this, then talks about the, the, this gap between three and a half and four and a half mil right through to the 10 mil going to the eight figures. There's, this, there's a place that's called the desert that, that, that uh, you don't you don't just keep on doing the same thing. Most people just say, oh, "I just got to, you know, I'm at three million. I just got to do this, this, this to do a little bit more to do five million. It's like, no, you actually need to change gears. You're going to over rev in second gear. You got to put the clutch in. You got to go to third, and it's a different pathway that's that's required uh, to go on that journey. And capacity planning is a really important part of that. So when we when you know that there's a different cycle, then you know there's different things you need to do now. Put that aside for a moment. How? Because your question was, well, how do you work out what that is? Uh, we uh, so this is part of the structure that you talked about or that we we built internally. Is we know that there are six engine rooms in any business. Doesn't matter where they are. Doesn't matter what it is. Hmm. If you know what the engine rooms are, 
and you know where the problem child is, our job as owners is to unblock, is to create flow. And there's always going to be a blockage. There's always going to be a bottleneck. So our job is just to keep on opening up the bottlenecks. As soon as you open up one bottleneck, you can create another one somewhere else. And uh, we've got a system that we use where we go through those six engine rooms to make sure that we're really, really clear what's happening in each of those engine rooms. And that can help you work out, okay, I've got blockage here. Therefore, how do I fill that role or how do I stop that from happening? Do I need to build a system, put it in a process, or do I need to put a person in that can that then can unblock that? And that's the way that we help to build out the capacity planning for uh, for a business that we're working with. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep, very good. And, and I guess what, what I'm kind of sort of taking away from that is it actually very much depends on the stage the business is at and what's the what's the blockage that may determine what uh, that that higher needs to be. And geez, I um yeah, it was probably late 2020, and I was on a coaching call with Nick, uh, Nick and Paul. One of our Maybe. coaches, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the others, um, and uh, and they they both suggested to um, to hire an executive I assistant. Know exactly what it is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they both saw it clear as day. And I was like, no, I can check my own emails, and my calendar's not that hard to manage, and um, you know, like organising stuff is is second nature, and this and that. They could just see straight through it, and I couldn't at the time. It was hilarious, but I, I had a bit of mental stuff and even after blaze my awesome ea started um i still had to work through that like i still just didn't go away but um but it, what's so funny now is i can see other business owners where i'm like oh man <laughs> you need a glaze <laughs> so so the, the uh, great so i think there's been that I, I said there were three things that that uh, i think are really important for uh, you know particularly for for business owners that have small family or young families not small but young families which i do and i know you do as well Three things that stand out to me is one is the mindset of just being okay. That's not about balance. You go from balance to harmony. That's the first thing. Second thing is if you want to spend the time with your family, which I encourage everyone to do even more, is you've got to have an ability to turn your time into team. And we talked about the life cycle of business. And we also talked about each of the stages need different things. And if you know what the engine rooms are and you can knock those engine rooms off and go, right, here's the next blockage. It really helps you to do that at scale. And then the, the, the important part of that is rhythm. How do you make sure the team is learning, creating an organism on own? And, and there, are, there are five types of meetings or five types of rhythms. As long as you know what those are, it actually makes it really, really, really easy. So that's the second one. Mm. The third one, which is, again, which is getting on the point you just said then, I think it's a really good one. Everyone has a blind spot. Mm. When, you're in the, <laughs> when you're in the picture, you can't, you can't see yourself in the picture. No oh, way. <laughs> it's like, but that's okay. That's normal. That's why I spend well over hundred grand, well over hundred grand a year with our own coaching. We eat our own mm. cooking because we know that we can't see our own blind spots. And the the, the comment that I would make, and this is a good, uh, this is the, really the third major point, is that what we see is a lot of business owners are juggling and jumping from one thing to another thing. And and if I had to go, what are they feeling? And I ask this question, I feel like I've got a sense of chaos. The, the business is a bit out of control. Mm. And what we need to do is we need to go from uh, from chaos to clarity. And here's the, here's the question I'd ask is how well do you know what you need to do? And specifically, this is the question. If you don't, if you do not know what you need to do in the very next 15 minutes, then you do not have enough clarity. As the but business again, owner, 
I'm saying the whole team, but it starts with the leader. So if the leader doesn't know what they need to be doing in the next 15 minutes, then no one on the team's going to know. So it mm. starts with the it starts with the leadership team, and that could be just one person. And when they get clarity, that helps everyone with with clarity. And we need to move from from a place of clarity to to control. Otherwise, what happens is doubt sets in. Otherwise, it's like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? And small to medium sized businesses, one of their most important uh, skills to learn is resource allocation. Where do I where do I need to put my resources? Where do I need to put my time? Where do I need to put my focus? Where do I need to put my money? Now there are proven methods, and as you know, we've been doing this for over a decade, and so we've seen it. We we get a profit loss and balance sheet from our members. We see what really works on this. But the, the question is, is what can you do to seek more clarity? And I think rather than someone jumping in and going, oh, I'll just do this thing. Here's the, here's the new way to do, you know, uh, ads on Facebook or the next thing like, I need more leads. Everyone says that, I need more leads. It's like, you don't need more leads. You need to fix your sales pipeline and offer a better service so that you get a, a, a better continuity of service. You know, uh, nine out of 10 people say, I need more leads. And we look at it and nine out of 10 of those people don't need more leads. They just need to fix the leaky bucket that they've got and uh, and we had a better product. So this is a question around clarity. So for you, thank you for your openness and vulnerability, by the way, how they knew that, because that was the same problem I had and I had someone to point the finger at me as well. That was a place <laughs> of, that was a place of clarity. You just needed some clarity. As soon as the clarity comes and you can see it now, you can see it in other people. Oh. You go, oh man, that's what you need to do. But you, that's part of just being in the trenches long enough uh, to be able to see some of those things. Mm, yep uh, very very handy Jeez, cool well um hey thanks so much for for sharing what you've shared and i know that uh you did have there's something that you're uh, offering to the listeners is it well what I, what i wanted to do because i i know that small business owners just need quick wins they don't need to go and do a whole you know uh course on different things sometimes they just need to get in and get quick wins so what we've got is we've got a complimentary download of the five types of meetings that we have yearly, yeah. trimesterly, monthly, weekly, and daily. Not only what that what those meetings are, uh, what the key outcomes for those are, but actually the written agenda of what you should cover, how long it should take, what you should say, right down to the five-minute increments. So literally what you, do, you can do is literally take that and boom, then you just have to rinse and repeat. And as soon as someone puts that in a place, they'll mm-hmm. all automatically start to get a huge uh, uplift in the business and they'll feel like a, a sense of relief that this thing's starting to work and they're building a system that, and a structure that, that can scale. So if anyone wants that, we'll have, the, um, we'll have a, uh, a download that people can get. And if, if in that there someone wants to reach out to us and have a quick call with us just to get that point of clarity, then we're very good within 15 minutes, like you noticed that as well. Within 15 minutes, we'll point out the next three things that someone needs to do. Um, we, can make, yeah. we can be very, very uh, quick on that. Uh, so if someone wants to reach out and uh, have a complimentary call with us, they're more than happy to do that, particularly if they're a, you know, a, a Ben Walker fan, an Inspire accountant fan, uh, they're an entrepreneur, a business owner who's out there to be you know, uh, uh, one of the good guys, then we're more than happy to serve and support them. Yeah, no, very cool. Thanks so much for that. And, and yeah, we, we've used that, um, that meeting rhythm and, and um, agendas and that sort of thing for... Yeah, probably close to probably yeah, probably since we started working together. Four years, yeah, some four years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely, it's, it's definitely helped guide our our own teams and whether it's leadership, sales, marketing, 
um, it's just been magic in, in terms of getting that all organized. So I can't, can't recommend that enough and it does make a huge difference. Beautiful. Well, thanks again, David. Um, I can really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on the show and um, yeah, mate, I will, I hope to catch up with you soon. Great. Awesome. And thanks, Ben, for asking some great quality questions. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed today. And uh, big love to all the amazing business owners who are brave, uh, incredible souls who go out there and do what the few who are, the few people who, who do that. I just want to commend them for the, being the one percenter who really do make a massive difference to this planet. So thank them for giving us the opportunity to do what we do as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guests, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker, C-A, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again, and see you next time.